Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. The fourth Sunday of Easter tends to be a favorite for many. It always addresses, as mentioned, the relationship between the sheep and, his, and the shepherd. And how excellent that one of the most intimate images throughout the Bible shows up during the Easter season deliberately. What's between God and his people belongs to Jesus as the good shepherd having laid down his life for the sheep. His sacrifice necessary, yes, but also made out of love, which means none should be sheepish about being a sinner. Deny the victory won and sustained by the good shepherd is to deny life itself. It's to miss out how Jesus truly does deliver his care of forgiveness to the sheep. And so Jesus Christ gathers the flock or church to be his own. However, the sheep at rest, as you heard this morning, with St. John and his apocalyptic vision of heavenly glory, is a flock that St. Paul gave much concern for on earth. This church in the world needs care and protection. St. Paul told the elders or the pastors in Ephesus that the wolves would come. A stealing away or murder of the sheep, as you know, would be a severing of that relationship with the... It called for suffering, but there was only one solution. You're not going to have just purely suffering that saves the day. The solution is what he said. I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and to give you the inheritance among all those who are sanctified. In other words, made holy. Since our shepherd has awakened from death, eternal life is the victory Jesus gives to all his sheep, and so we recognize victory, of course, misplaced is a dead end to life. Now, about winning a basketball game one time, and the next time you go around, you're going to win it again. That's a victory misplaced. And so the Feast of Dedication you heard about today, also you might know it to be Hanukkah, was all about a win for the Jews. You see, it celebrated the military leadership of Judah Maccabee, who defeated Greek forces and purified the temple from Antiochus IV in 165 B.C. When Jesus arrives at this feast, he already had claimed to be the good shepherd. Made it very clear. And so the actions then that to gather around him at that feast were more in a military spirit of the mood looking to question Jesus out of their unbelief. What are you trying to do? We've, we've set the right tone the past 165 years and we've done what we've done for good. What are you about, Jesus? His word and works, as you know, gave the answer. He told them that. But a misplaced victory by men turned away from the eternal promise God set upon his son. Jesus said, you do not believe. 
because you're not part of my flock. He didn't say they could not believe. We don't believe in double predestination. But he said you do not believe, and so you're not part of the flock. God's vision is, is salvation, one for every person. But denying the gospel is the dead end life of this world. The Jews loved celebrating the reclaiming of the temple against the pagan enemies, but were not in favor of Jesus being the true shepherd. They represent the worldly unbelief, you see, that's still active with questions aimed to attack the gospel today and drive a wedge between Jesus and his disciples. Our Lord prayed with great concern for his flock to the Father during his high priestly prayer before the cross. Jesus said, I have given them your word. And the world has hated them. Because they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. And so St. Paul confessed, you heard it today, openly about the hostile attack he had to face that came through the plots of the Jews. Well, there's lots of plotting today. And it aims at many things. Worldly love and Worship of self, that's great. And demonizing Christ's church for upholding his word. Beyond these attacks are also the temptations to be scattered by fears, swept away by false glories, or to go after Jesus that's reimagined for our times. All this is very prevalent and very active in the world. There's no good outcome being a sheep on our own. When Jesus promised wonderful words, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them and they follow me, and I give them eternal life. So victory upheld, you see, is a steady way built for life. There's two features of this way you, you, hear, you, you hear Jesus talk about. It's to hear and to follow. The two features for this way are to follow because God is faithful. And that kind of hearing is necessary, but it's very hard. And it's not because of the children. It's because you're easily distracted. Hearing today has lots of noise. And it comes from all directions. All different important names. And lots of noises by churches that have such a name. Though they not, may not be a church. You see, the basis of all this stuff is survival of the fittest, it seems. It's to be over whoever shouts the loudest, gets the most, or whoever holds the media wins. And yet, failing to hear 
through all these opinions of men and wickedness, contrary to the gospel, does not remove something for all of us. The greater promise Jesus gives. When he says, my sheep hear my voice, it's because he's already speaking. He is speaking, but not in some competition with all the noise of this world, because his word is truth. This means there is an exclusive nearness, you see, by what Jesus does speak as the good shepherd. He is there declaring forgiveness to his sheep for your good, calling others by that same word, and caring for his whole flock that listens to him at all times. Jesus is just that kind of shepherd who's calm and just keeps speaking the good news of his faithfulness. And Jesus says, in the hearing of this election of grace being a free gift for all to believe, it's also a means to follow. And however, we know something. Some of you deal with animals, or maybe you've done it in the past, and you know sheep do not go in a straight line. Not like the deer who walk around my yard and are very careful. That's not sheep. You know why. It isn't just because sheep are, are in themselves um, kind of feeble in a sense, but it's more than that. Jesus tells us why, why we as sheep struggle to follow. If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. That's why it's so hard. Deny yourself. The risen Jesus, even after last week you heard how he forgave Peter that the seminarian talked about and telling him to feed his sheep, would still go away. Did you catch it last week? That Peter would still go away, Jesus said, where you do not want to go. Sheep move because they hear, which means stagnation. Just sitting around doesn't work. It's not the same as struggling to follow. And so Peter, he was already knew the victory because Jesus, the risen Lord before him, was the strength for Peter, not him. Peter knew his strength. Put him, put him to shame. But Jesus, as the risen Lord, trampled over all evil by his cross. And so C.F.W. Walther, at a convention in 1877, before our church, wrote these wonderful words, for God has not only elected to salvation, which means he not only says you're going to go to heaven and you died by grace, thanks be to God, but he says, but also... He has elected to salvation, but also the entire Christian life. No one may enter heaven, except he be brought by this way. But that we follow this way is not by our own doing, but by God's free grace.
Walther understood what he was dealing with as the president and a pastor with these German Lutherans shuffled around and all the, the turmoil in his time. You see, this obeying is not some militaristic formation to fall in line. That is not the way sheep are, let alone the way sinners are who also are the saints of God. It's a following behind our crucified Lord who lives to care for the frailty of his sheep. That's the kind of faithful leader we have in the love of Christ. And so while there is hearing and following, the greater task belongs to our great shepherd. The victory from Jesus is without question eternal life. Our Lord speaks to and leads his sheep because he makes the bigger claim beyond all others. Did you hear it? I know my own and I give them eternal life. Nobody else can say that. You can't even say that to yourself. But Jesus says it for you. The basis of his knowing comes from the fact of how he ends the words today. I and the Father are one. You know the verse after that, what it says? And they picked up stones to kill him. God as creator is not part, apart from his son, right? Which hiding behind Mother's Day that we celebrate and are thankful for is to celebrate with the psalmist the greater mystery behind mothers and their freedom to bear this life into the world that God gives so generously to each and every one of us. The psalmist says, you formed me in my inward parts. You knit me together in my mother's womb. Of course, this isn't the you of a woman's choice or anybody's choice. This is the you belonging to who? God's choice for each and every one of our existence by grace. Beyond this knowing of over life itself, which is generous to begin with, is the deeper love of God's Son sent from the Father to be the Redeemer for all by his great sacrifice. So let's take it one more notch, in other words. You enjoy that kind of topic about having life and celebrating birthdays. Take it one touch, top, top, notch more, because by baptism, Jesus made his claim to know you by dying and rising with him. The promise is true for all the flock. Did you hear it today, that promise that they celebrate in heaven? They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. I remember I had a sheep farmer out in Iowa and uh, visited a couple times out there and, and saw the, how the flock looked. Sheep don't look white. They don't. They only look nice after you sheared them. These are filthy things. And yet you're washed in Jesus, forgiven, and made with white as his perfect sacrifice given for you. And so in this knowing of his sheep, knowing your trials and your sins and temptations, his sheep that he knows Jesus does give eternal life as the risen Lord. Each and every day that life is there for you to trust in eternity. Not just for a few years. And so more than waiting for heaven, eternal life is a present possession 
held by faith in the gospel. When Jesus says, I give them eternal life, he's not saying, wait on that for tomorrow. Or wait on that till your life is spent now, and then you get eternal life. He is saying, I give you eternal life. Every time you hear my word, every time you receive what I give by grace, you have it. Eternal life. And wrapped around your life that is a fearful of death. And so unshaken before sin, death, and the danger of the wolves is our shepherd who died but lives. And so the sheep stay close to him for life and salvation. Now by word and sacrament, there is forgiveness. And this is the victory that nothing can sever. Even while, as St. Paul says, we are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. And yet your shepherd looks at you and says, you're safe, you're clean, you're already in my eternal love. Don't worry. I love you more than what you can love your life with. Eternal life belongs to the church as we share that life together because we're before Jesus, our great shepherd. That's the privilege of, well, I don't need to go to church to be a Christian. Then you don't understand what it is to be a sheep or what it means to finally be invited to be part of the flock, to be forgiven, to be part of this, this grace of hearing the good shepherd's voice and the care that's given by his servants. And so St. John says this wonderful statement in 1 John chapter 3. We know that we the brothers. Do you love your church? Do you love those in the church? Can you live with this love? Because the shepherd does joyfully for us all. And so hostility from the Jews against Christ is now raging by the wolves throughout the world because Jesus has died and lives. <laughs> Pay attention to yourselves and to all the flock, St. Paul says, is not a savior complex for your pastors. And it's certainly not a personality cult for the sheep to worship. It calls for care of the church that belongs only to Jesus. His word holds true, and that relationship of love he creates by grace through faith in him cannot be broken. It will not spoil or fail. You are safe but not on your terms or your situations, but you're safe with him who's the shepherd. You're forgiven and free to follow him. And you are to be fed. Our shepherd has awakened from death with eternal life. The victory Jesus gives you on earth. That is why you are a different kind of people, justified by his grace this day and it's the victory of rest most certainly in heaven amen blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving honor and power and might be to our god forever and ever amen